You mean you want me to do my Bible class right now? Right now? I'm fishing. I came out here to go fishing. Gotta go fishing. So do it now? You know, sometimes things happen and they're just, the word would be inopportune. You know, that's the word that we're gonna use kind of for our lesson tonight. We're gonna to talk about inopportune and how that, uh, in keeping with our lesson, Jesus found himself dealing with many times experiences that were inopportune. They were interruptions into his life. And oftentimes we see that happening with our own lives as well. We see that sometimes the very thing we're trying to do, the very thing we want to do, is constantly getting interrupted. You know, the life that we're experiencing right now with the pandemic, it's such a huge interruption. When I think about all the plans that have been canceled, all of the plans that we've made, all of the things that we thought we would be doing right now that we're not, many of those things have not come to be because we have been interrupted from our normal process. And that's kind of a common experience for all of us. You know, when you look at uh, the Bible, you find some stories in there that really do experience or explain for us what it means to be inconvenienced or for something to interrupt or be inopportune. One of those stories comes really from uh, Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, we find there a very interesting story that we really are using a lot of the backdrop of this whole summer series for. We're talking about an experience where Jesus finds himself confronted and he's struggling to kind of look at the scenario that's going on and, and figure out exactly what he wants to say to these people that are kind of trying to give him a hard time. And they ask him this question. The question that kind of boils down to one of the difficult questions of life. Who's your neighbor? Well, he talks about this guy named JJ. Now, you've probably never heard him called JJ because the Bible doesn't call him JJ. Oh, hang on. Had a bite. So JJ, we're gonna to refer to him as JJ because JJ was a guy that was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, that would be a lot like going down Mont Eagle Mountain. It's a very high elevation, about 2,500 square, or not square feet, but about 2,500 feet in elevation. So he's walking down this very rocky, very scary, very steep terrain, and he finds himself in dangerous territory. That dangerous territory he finds himself in is such that he actually gets robbed. I don't know. It's a parable, so there's a lot of things we could ask about the story, but because it's not an actual story, it's one that Jesus uses as an illustration, we don't really know a lot about J.J. I called him J.J. because of Jerusalem to Jericho, of course, and giving him a name kind of helps us relate a little bit to this guy. He's taken this trip, and all of a sudden he finds himself in peril. All of a sudden this guy finds himself in pretty deep, pretty deep trouble because what he experiences is what a lot of us have maybe experienced in life. Something of his is going to be taken. His possessions, turns out it says even his clothes. So they took everything that JJ had as he was on his trip 
and they left him beaten up and in dire trouble along the side of the road. You know, I can't imagine what that would actually be like. That sounds horrible. But it's one of those life experiences where all of a sudden the life and the experience and the plans that JJ had for his life are being interrupted. They've been changed. They've been put on hold because now all of a sudden he has to deal with something that is immediate in nature. And we all know the story, of course, about the people that passed by. We know that the first two that passed by, passed by because, oh, they're responsible, they're busy, they have things they have to do, and they are in a hurry, and we could assign many, many reasons to them, some of which would be good, some of which we might go, well, that's not a very good reason. But nonetheless, they chose, because of their experience and their belief, and their thinking at the time, they chose to pass on by. Then Jesus in his story takes the opportunity to illustrate a point to these people with a person that they would find to be less in stature, less in terms of how they viewed people as their status. They choose to use the person that helped as a Samaritan. Now, this is not going to sit well with the people of the day because they don't like the Samaritans. So what they find is that Jesus, as he continues to tell the story, now all of a sudden they're starting to go, well, wait a minute, why didn't the priest or why didn't the Levite, why didn't they stop? Why does the hero of the story have to end up being this Samaritan? Well, it's because Jesus is illustrating a point. So Jesus goes on with the story and he says that the one that stopped was the Samaritan. The Samaritan stops along the way and helps JJ. Takes him to an inn. Takes him to a place to get him help. And as he takes him there, he's thinking about what he's going to need to do. And I love the part of the story that says that not only did he make sure JJ was taken care of, in addition to that, he also said this. He said, if you'll take care of him till I get back, I'll cover any extra expenses you have. Now, I know there's a lot of different ways to interpret money from that day and today, but some dick, or some uh, places suggest that it was about enough to cover somebody in an inn for maybe a couple of months. So his injuries maybe were extensive, and he thought maybe it would even be longer than that. So he said, I'll take care of whatever additional expense there might be, if indeed there is any when I get back. And the great part of that story that we see Jesus illustrating is, he went above and beyond. He took it above and beyond and said, anything that he needs, I'll take care of it. Undoubtedly, the people that ask the question of Jesus, they're catching on. They're recognizing that Jesus is using this Samaritan person as someone that they would not necessarily view in a good way, and they have to refer to him as their neighbor. So we find this Samaritan being referred to by these Jewish people as a good person. 
quite an interesting story and it illustrates so much about how it's inopportune sometimes when we're trying to uh, go about our business because look at the inconvenience JJ went to or the Good Samaritan rather went to in helping out JJ he went to great lengths to help out and it was inconvenient it was something that he hadn't planned on doing he was on the same journey he was on the same trip but took time and gave of his own money to help out I like that story because I think it is an illustration of much of what life brings our way today as well there are so many things that happen that are inopportune you know one of the people that I've thought about through this crisis that we've gone through is a guy that I've come to appreciate very, very much, Blake Parker. Blake has adjusted. Blake has, in many ways, provided some just great help to all of us as a staff. And in addition to being a worship leader, provides some administration that is so helpful to all of us as we all work together to carry out the Lord's work. I've seen Blake have to adjust in, in a matter of uh, hours to changing circumstances and do that with skill. And I've come to appreciate just exactly how much he is able to do that and the skill that he brings to that. I've seen our leadership do that uh, in meetings. Our elders have had to make some really difficult decisions, decisions about what we will do, how we will move forward with uh, much of the uh, effect of the pandemic. And I appreciate so much the effort that has gone into that. But it, it has been such a distraction. It has been inopportune for all of us as a church to experience what it's like to go through a time where the plans that we've made are not going to turn out. You know, there's another story that I sometimes think about in regard to uh, things being inopportune or uh, those kinds of situations where we find ourselves uh, having to do something we hadn't planned on. Jesus' very first miracle is one of those experiences. Jesus is at this wedding feast. You know, he's a guy. I don't know that if he really wanted to go to that wedding or not, but he went with his mom. And he's there at the wedding, and they're going through all of the stuff, and he's listening, he's doing this, and all of a sudden there's a problem. They don't have enough wine. They've run out. And Jesus is confronted with the situation, and his mom wants him to take care of it. Jesus says, my time has not yet come. In other words, this is not the time. You know, for many of us, we've probably said exactly the same thing about situations. But nonetheless, Jesus takes the time. He stops, and he starts then to tell the servants what to do. And they do it, and Jesus handles the situation. So oftentimes, I think we are going to struggle with what to do when we're faced with interruptions. I once heard a professor in school say that ministry is what you do between interruptions. He talked about what it's like when the phone rings. He talks about what it's like when you get the text or the email. The thing that totally changes your day or your week or maybe your life. Those things that change us 
those things that get in the way of the plans that we've made. I got one. I got one. All right. Now this is the right kind of interruption to have right here. Very nice. Nice old hickory bass. Wow, what a surprise that was. I only took my fishing pole along just as a prop. Uh, put a old worm on it and threw it out there and to my surprise, uh, along came a fish. So uh, I, I'm sure you were probably just as surprised as I was. You know, I wanna, I wanna finish up uh, our time together by, by talking about one of the probably bigger uh, disruptions to uh, to my life that I've experienced probably in uh, in my lifetime and that was a few years ago uh, we got a phone call so many interruptions do start with phone calls but I got that phone call and it was about Amy's dad Amy's dad had uh, gone through some health issues and was having a very difficult time and uh, lived by himself up in Ohio and some tough decisions had to be made. We had to figure out what to do. So as we were walking along life, all of a sudden we had this experience presented to us that was gonna have to be dealt with. So we made the decision after him being in the hospital and even being in hospice care, we made the decision to bring him down here to Tennessee and care for him. So we drove up, got him in the car, drove down and while he stayed in a assisted living facility for a short amount of time we later found that his need for care and because of even finance it was necessary that he would come and live with amy and i we're so grateful for the ladies that came and, and stayed and uh, the wonderful care that they helped provide but it was a huge disruption to our life it changed the way we did everything. It changed the way we fixed meals. It changed the routines around the house. There were always people in and out of our house. There was health care to take care of. And then finally, towards the end of his life, there was the experience of working through all of those end of life issues that come our way. You know, even though it was an inopportune experience I wouldn't trade it for anything I'm so glad that we had that time with David with Amy's dad and got to honor him you know we in essence took him to the end we in essence also provided those things necessary for his care and I think that's the way we honor people you know life is going to bring us to so many moments like that while we're making our plans and while we're living out our plans, just as important, and sometimes maybe even more importantly, we're going to experience those moments when we're walking along the path. And in fact, maybe we are JJ. We're the one walking down the path and something comes along and we need help. Other times we get to be the person that's the, called the Good Samaritan, and we get to help out. I think for me, probably the greatest fear is being viewed as one of the first two guys to walk by and to think that my life could somehow be defined as I was so busy 
doing the things I was doing that I forgot to take time for the interruptions that come our way in life. You know, we all want to know how to be a good neighbor. And when Jesus was confronted with that question there in Luke 10, he basically answers it with that parable. And he teaches us to stop, care for those in need, help out those in need, provide for their care, and that is a big part of what we call ministry. I hope you've had a good time with this uh, video. I've enjoyed making it. I wish you well, and I wish you well as you work through the various things that come your way in life. And the next time an interruption comes by, think back to JJ walking down that path and be thankful that he had a good Samaritan to come along. You be that good Samaritan. God bless.